Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Detective Comics number 352, cover date June 1966, cover price 12 cents. Cover artist Carmine Infantino and Murphy Anderson, edited by Julia Schwartz. Featuring Batman's Crime Hunter Go-Go, written by John Broom, art by Sheldon Moldoff and Joe Giella. And The Counter of Monte Carlo, written by Gardner Fox, art by Carmine Infantino. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! Welcome to the world of love and laughter, baby. Welcome to the sunshine of a brand new Batman begins having premonitions of upcoming crimes. His first two hunches pay off. He and Robin arrive on the scene of robberies in time to stop the gangs. But when Batman follows a third hunch, he is taken away from a robbery. Meanwhile, Ralph and Sue visit a casino in Monte Carlo. After Sue wins at roulette, a thief steals all the counters at her table. Confused? Don't worry. I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. If you could just read. Then you know what I'm going to do My commute really took it out of me this morning. <laughs> Going down the stairs. Yeah, I think we need to move the office into the bedroom or the bed into the office, which is also the TV room, which would mean that everything I need, well, except for the food. We could knock down the wall between the TV room and the kitchen, put the bed there, keep the office there, and then that's good for me. What do you think? Uh, if you're very serious about this, mm-hmm. really seriously yeah, committed to it, I am. I think you should consider getting an apartment of your own and we could file for divorce. Okay. Well, that can be arranged <laughs> if you're not going to do what I want. <laughs> well, you know, it's coming off Thanksgiving weekend. Nobody wants to oh, work today. No, I know, I know. I was just thinking about it today. I'm actually off today. Um, Lucky the Monday after Thanksgiving because we because in, at our school we um, removed all of the holidays from the fall even Labor Day we taught and worked on mm-hmm, Labor Day mm-hmm. um, so we took an extra long Thanksgiving vacation and I was just thinking today as I was playing guitar and looking outside at the overcast skies I was thinking oh I have to go back to work tomorrow but hey you know it's great because in about four weeks we're gonna have a long vacation you are you aren't no. Some of us have real jobs, not academia. Oh, no one does anything between Christmas and New Year's anyway. Well, that may be so, but I have to make it look good. Look out, well, Batman. What? Right. I was going to say, we could be independently wealthy like Bruce Wayne. Yeah, but I don't think he has a very good life. No, he doesn't. And he has a lot of commuting to do. to fight. A lot of commuting. He doesn't get sleep because he's out all night. Well, he's kind of crazy, isn't he? Um, he's running the Wayne Foundation, apparently, during the daytime. Yes. Um, 
and punching out crooks in a circle border on covers of comic books. And who washes his tights? Alfred. And Robin's oh, wait, no, Alfred's dead during this period. He is? Yes. So probably Aunt Harriet, mm. who lives with them now. Okay. Um, watch out, Batman. This villain is tricky, says the giant hand popping out to give him the hand. See, we warned you, says the other pointy finger hand. Now you're really in trouble, says the thumb. Mm-hmm. What do you call that gesture when you point the thumb Th- instead of the finger? Hitchhiking. No, what? but it's like when you're like, hey, that's me. I'll singing on that jukebox. Thumb pointing or pointing with a thumb. Well, I don't know. You think there's an actual phrase for it? There must be because it was widely used in films of the 40s through the 60s. I don't know, Bob. Well, I'm going to investigate that. I'll get back to you. Too late, Batman. He's got you. Thumbs down. Yes. Universal sign of death. (laughs) I noticed one thing interesting. What? This cover is signed by the artists, which I believe may be the first time I've seen a cover illustration signed. It's on the lower right quadrant of the circle. Oh, signed. It's not actually, there's no signature. No, not like autographed. No, it's just like that they've signed that they did the art. That's unusual. I just don't, I mean, it's not unusual nowadays, but I don't recall seeing it on any of the comics we've looked at thus far. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's just interesting. Okay. I think that probably Carmine Infantino was uh, getting to be a known artist. Okay. At this time. Okay. And that having his name on the cover might prompt someone to buy the book. Oh, only to be disappointed when they get inside and see Sheldon Waldorfart. <laughs> Stop. Uh, but signed in the interior art as if it was drawn by Bob Kane, the uh, creator, I put that in quotes, of Batman. Mm-hmm. And uh, so maybe everyone just thought that this not great artwork was Bob Kane. Hmm. I haven't asked for your opinion on the artwork. It's okay. That's a good word. Yes. World's okayest art. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Ours? I have to apologize, listener, uh, for the barking in the background. It is a late afternoon. Dr. Yes. Bob has just finished his work a day. Yes. And, um, of course, it's late in the afternoon, so there are apparently a lot of deliveries happening in our neighborhood. A and lot of deliveries. Butler sits perched on a twin bed in the front guest bedroom and stares and barks at everything that comes by. Also, we have a fast-walking neighbor who does fitness walks up With and down the, the she street. She flails her arms forwards and back like they're, you know, like if they're not attached properly, they might just fly right off. Right. Yeah. Um, sometimes she walks with her husband and that poor guy can't keep up with her. No. But anyway, our dog hates her. Oh, yeah. If he happens to be outside, he tries to attack her. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what you get for fast walking. Our story today, however, starts with Batman on the go. But going where? What mysterious impulse was sending the masked manhunter to the scene of one crime after another in Gotham City? Not even his stripling sidekick, Robin, could discover the amazing answer behind this baffling phenomenon, which led finally to a dramatic and deadly confrontation along Batman's crime hunt a go-go. Yeah. I do believe this is also the first instance of the phrase go-go within an actual go-go checked comic. I don't think you're correct. I probably not. I seem to think that that the go-go might have been used in um what was that scooter? Scooter. Maybe. Oh, Maybe. yeah. There was so much slang in that that I think go-go might have been one of the words used. Okay. Yep. I can go along with that. Okay. Uh, we have a repeat of the cover image drawn by uh, a more okayer artist, <laughs> Bob Kane. But Batman punching out the crook within a circle frame. Uh, so, are you on this the page two yet? No. Okay. You trying to push me along? No. I just was thinking about the art, and it's okay, but I do like how the panels sort of come out of frame, how the art comes out of the frame. Yeah, that's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. And I actually quite like uh, close-ups of faces, like close-up of Robin there in panel two. I just don't like the action shots. Wait, let me say, 
action shots. Nice nice air quotes. Thank you. Uh, So Batman and Robin are out on patrol. And uh, Batman's racing to the scene of a crime mysteriously because they've received no police call. Batman hasn't said one word to Robin about where they're going at Mm -hmm. super fast speed. Mm -hmm. However, they arrive at the Tiffy Jewelers (laughs) where they find a robbery in progress. Uh, what do we call that? Five eleven. I don't 812. know. Eight twelve. Okay. What? Nine twenty six. I really don't know. Let's just call it a, uh, an AC doozy. An AC doozy <laughs> at the Tiffy Jewelers. At the Tiffy Jewelers. Calling all cars! Calling all cars! We've got an AC doozy at the Tiffy Jewelers. <laughs> Corner of Gotham Street in second. Uh, they arrive just in time to stop the robbery. Um, the robbers duck behind a parked car, and so Batman and Robin naturally launch themselves onto the roof of the car so that they can slide across and barrel into the robbers headfirst. Now, I was thinking that maybe Batman had arranged it so that the car, as soon as they launched themselves off the car, I mean, the car was, their Batmobile was still moving forward. Oh. It screeched on the brakes as they were jumping out, therefore propelled them forward and over the top of the roof of the car. Yes. It does say, uh, Robin does say, think in a thought bubble, using this slick car roof as a, to propel ourselves at the gang is a smooth idea. <laughs> I get it, because the car roof is smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, I, I did notice later in the issue that no one's wearing a seatbelt. So yeah. them being propelled out of the car probably is accurate when sure. Batman slams on the brakes. Mm-hmm. Except they die, be cut to shreds by that windshield that sticks out over the top of the dashboard, but <laughs> never mind. Anyway, they capture the crooks, they radio the police, and they head back to the Batcave, where mm-hmm. they undress in front of each other. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I had to move this chair back. It's squeaking a lot. Robin would like to know what prompted Batman to race to the scene of the crime at the jewelry store with no. But what made you zoom in on the scene of the crime, Batman? What made you suspect it was underway? Batman has no idea. He can't explain it. He just got a strong hunch about it. And as you know, all great detectives rely on their hunches. Of course. Not evidence. Um. But Batman explains that we all get hunches from time to time, and when they prove right, they're hard to explain. Mm -hmm. However, Batman thinks secretly, away from Robin's prying, stripling ears, (laughs) that I'm glad he seems happy with that explanation, because I'm not. And yet, what other explanation could there be? Later, during another night vigil by the Cape Crusaders... Another hunch. Batman can sense a crime being committed at 23rd and Main. And I can sense a crime. Fellas are off to check it out. What do you know? Crooks robbing a movie box office. Batman! <laughs> um, these crooks have guns. Yeah. Luckily, Batman and Robin are faster than any stupid old gun. <laughs> Punch sock pal. Uh, <laughs> As the horns um, from the car, the show. Oh, I know. Yeah. I knew what it was. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't do more than one pitch at a time. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm not polyphonic in my. Well, thanks for the twenty five cent word, Professor. <laughs> Polyphony, of course, is more more sounds at one time right. than one. Right. Many sounds, yes. if you will. Yes. Uh Batman narrowly misses being shot by a gun by kicking the gun out of the crook's hand. I saw that neat little drawing, right? Uh-huh. When um, And Robin says, that's what I call neat footwork. And I was looking at it going, is his knee going to be okay? His right knee? Do you see that knee? Yeah. It looks right? like it looks it's precariously overextended. Like when those weightlifters and their knees go backwards? Yeah. Good. That makes uh, How often have you seen that? Once was enough. Someone sent me in an email one time, I shall probably should not say this, but like a shot of a weightlifter. Yeah. No, don't even. Okay. Yeah. Who had had a bodily. Oh, no. Yeah, no. It was horrible. It was horrible. No. Yeah. From, weight, okay. from lifting too much. Yes, I get I, it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't um, even. 
You yeah, can I private I, messages on Twitter if you'd like if to. If you know really the, want to, it was link unbelievable. I'll never unsee it. It was well, horrible. I'll never see it because I'm yeah. never going to look it okay. up. Okay, all right. Next morning in the estate mansion. They're having breakfast, aren't they? Could they just say estate or mansion? Do they need to rub it in? <laughs> estate mansion. Estate mansion. What's an estate mansion? So it's a mansion on an estate? Yes, but I, you know, aren't most... Well, no, I guess there are mansions that are just in the middle of the city block. Sure. Like in New York. Still. In San I Francisco. I think that everyone by this point is aware that Stately Wayne Manor has extensive grounds. Well, exactly. Where else would the Batcave be and, and the, the way to get in and out and all that stuff? With, you know, well, obscurely. You say that, but they're actually... I don't think it's been revealed yet, but there is a cave under the Wayne Foundation building in downtown Gotham City. Oh, my goodness. So he has two bat caves? Two bat caves. Okay. Because, you see, Robin moves out and goes to college, and then he has no more use for Stately Wayne Manor, so he just moves to his penthouse apartment on top of the Wayne Once Foundation Robin's building. Once Robin's gone, he just goes to work. It's nothing but what work, work all the time. Oh, no. He gets plenty of ladies up there in the penthouse. Oh, I see. Don't you think he doesn't? Okay, so the next morning in the estate mansion that uh, houses millionaire Bruce Wayne, God, Bruce Wayne, and his ward Dick Grayson. Yes. And thanks to the timely appearance of Batman and Robin, the thieves wound up behind bars. So, uh, two hunches, Batman, both of which are correct. You're on a psychic kick. So, they are prepared in the next evening on their patrol, ready for Batman to get a hunch, mm-hmm. which he does. Yes. There's a crime happening at Bridge Plaza, clear across town. Is this where you notice that no one was wearing seatbelts? Yes. Mm-hmm. When um, Robin gets thrown back in the seat? <laughs> yes. It's like driving with your Grammy Mitchell. Oh, my God. That was the worst. His children driving uh-huh. in her Corvair. Yeah. Yep. She would turn the corners, and we would, we would jet across the seat, and then she would turn the corner, and we'd jet across the other seat. My sister and I would slide back and forth, and we'd just... God, we didn't have seatbelts in her car back then. God, you didn't car. have them at all, or you just I didn't wish wear them? I'd, I wish I'd gotten that car from my parents, and somehow, I don't know how I would have had the money to keep it up, but I loved that car. Okay. No, really. Once you marry it, if you love it so much. Um, I yes. propose yes, I that say yes. Bri- this bridge <laughs> is the bridge to Metropolis, which it would later be established that. Gotham and Metropolis are across the bay from each other. Like Jersey and New York. Exactly. Mm. I do believe that in canonical literature, uh, Gotham City was in New Jersey, and Metropolis was in Delaware. Okay. Well, it makes sense since it's it's so full of crime and a real dump that it Uh would be in Jersey. Right, exactly. Yeah. no, New Jersey is the Garden State. Please don't well, write any angry letters, Well, outside of the city listener. of New Jersey, it, you know, it's beautiful. New Jersey is absolutely gorgeous. Right. Yeah. So you mean Jersey City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. Don't die. Um, well, I've never been. I've just driven through. Um, but anyway, they get there and there's nothing happening. There's no crime happening. My so hunch ended up as a false Either they missed gone. it or... Uh, something else happened. Nonetheless, they immediately get a police broadcast. Attention all right. cars, proceed at once to First Trust Bank on Broad Street. Robbery reported. Oh. Yeah. There was a robbery happening, just not where Batman thought it was. Exactly. The thieves vanished with $1,073,486. How do they know that so quickly? Well, they had all the money cataloged, I imagine. And they, they oh, they just, probably just stole like bags full of money that was to sure, be sure, sure. Sent, sent to the reserve or something. Yeah. Um, and later in the Batcave, they discover, of course, that the bank robbery took place at the exact time they were at Bridge Plaza. Mm-hmm. How's that for a coincidence? Listen, I know it sounds wild, but let's just assume that somehow someone was able to plant a hunch in my head. Go keep, on. Keep on assuming. <laughs> Uh, let's call this mysterious criminal Mr. X. Twice in a row, he sends us to actual crime, which builds up confidence in the hunches, but then sends us off on a wild goose chase to get us out of the way while he pulls his big caper at the bank. Assuming the assumption is correct, we're still nowhere. 
can't track down Mr. X because there's no clues. Mm -hmm. But something else occurs to Batman. The last hunch came while they were driving past the very bank that was robbed. Yes. So back to the bank they go. Mm -hmm. Search the bank high and low. Find nothing inside the bank. But what do you think they find on the roof? Now, he's so clever. Yes. Batman. He's like one of those child detectives in Britain. The Famous Five. <laughs> like an Enid, not a Enid Blinton novel. Here's Just something on the roof, Robin. A black match here on the roof. A black match. Holy ashtray. Um, Batman happens to know that there's a popular night spot in town called the Black Cat. They hand out these black matches as souvenirs. The top of the match is the head of a cat, but this one is burned out. Mm-hmm. Now I know what you're thinking. Catwoman's involved. Well, yes. Unfortunately, no. No, okay. That's not what's happening. I mean, I I knew better because I read the story, but perhaps the listener is thinking that. Right. Yes. Uh, didn't we see Catwoman recently? What? Like in the in neighborhood? Com- no, in a comic. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I don't recall. I just know that at this time in history, Catwoman... Oh, no, it was because of Poison Ivy. Remember, so Poison Ivy debuted... And we were wondering why they didn't just use Catwoman. And it's because Catwoman had not been seen in 20 years. Oh. She wouldn't return until the, she appeared on the television show. Oh. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Robin's very excited to go to the Black Cat Club. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's that kind of club that admits minors. No, it's an adult club, isn't it? Plus, Robin's got school tomorrow. Right, he says. And this has been a busy week. <laughs> he says, no, Robin, uh, you're going home to bed. Don't forget, you've got school tomorrow, and this has been a busy week, right? Yeah. Ah, gee, okay. Uh, so, Batman and his guys as Bruce Wayne, Playboy Millionaire, calls up Linda with a Y. Mm-hmm. I hate to go nightclubbing alone. You're, you're spoiled, spoiled, Bruce. Bruce. But But I I, enjoy spoiling you. She sounds awful. (laughs) Inside the elegant club, Mr. Esper, the psychic, is doing his act. A mind-reading act. How fun. Wow. Um, He's quite good, though, isn't he? Yes, and Batman deduces that this mind-reading act could tie in with his strange hunches. Um, So... Uh, Mr. Esper's act consists of people writing things on slips of paper, and he's blindfolded, and he can uh, read the contents of the notes, even though blindfolded. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Linda, with a Y, she wants to know how this trick is done. Is that what he calls her? Linda with a Y? Well, that's her name. Mm. Um, well, it's really not so as po- impossible as it seems, Linda, with a Y. Like all good tricks, it's basically simple, and he explains, explains the, trick. the trick in great detail. Do you think detail. he mansplains it to her? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so it's all done by code. The words <laughs> his assistant uses and the way he asks Mr. Esper to give the answers. These reveal to Mr. Esper what has been written. That's right. <laughs> You're so funny, Bruce. <laughs> um... So Bruce decides to give it a whirl and write something to test Mr. Esper. Guess what he writes? He writes the numbers for the amount of money that was stolen the from the bank. The exact amount of money that One, was stolen zero, from seven, the bank. Three, four, eight, six. Which makes Mr. Esper stumble in his answer and hesitate. Mm. That seals it. Now Bruce knows he's the crook. Uh, next day in a deluxe Midtown hotel, Mr. Esper and his henchmen are getting ready to leave town with the loot. They're counting the money. But Mr. Esper says, hey, we should not leave before the show's over. We're skipping the lead. What? On, on the desk with the bag of money is also... Oh, is a a, rabbit poking out a hat? A top hat with a rabbit inside. I didn't even notice that before. Well, that, he seems like a mixed metaphor. He's not a magician. He's not a magician. He's a a mind reader. Mind, Yes. What are those called? Mesmerists, right? The mesmer... I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry about all that noise. Yes, I am too. I'm really sorry. Um, why don't we buy you a new chair for Christmas? A podcasting chair. Why not two? Because I don't move jig about with my chair. Well, I can't just sit on a chair. I gotta move. Ergonomic 
chairs like a rubber ball that you could just roll around. Any old modern wooden chair that's not 150 years old is just fine for me. Listen, that chair was needle-pointed by my Aunt Lula. Uh Uh-huh. And if you want to get rid of it, just put it in the corner and get a new chair and sit on that doesn't make noise. Okay. Don't have to throw out the baby with the bathwater. That's true, yes. Or you could stand. (laughs) A standing podcast? No, thank you. It's good for your back. (laughs) Or knees or something. Oh, God. Batman and Robin bust into the room. Oh, you're already there. Sure. Um, (laughs) Look at the rabbits moved. The rabbits moved, but also Batman and Robin look like they're... uh, Walking at the mall in the morning before it opens. <laughs> they do. Like they're like our fast walking neighbor. Yes. They're not even. The, their capes are whipping out behind them, but they're clearly not walking fast enough unless it's windy in the room. It could be. Maybe the, the window's open. <sighs> Those anyway, are ter- that's a terrible drawing of them running. It's Yes. It's like. Jog, like jogging at best. <laughs> Robin's got maybe they wear their light silk capes. Could be Robin's got a little more effort going into it, but Batman is literally he, walking fast. Robin, the way he's running, he's throwing his arms across his chest like oh, one of the the little the, the, the lollipop guild guys. Yes, that's well, how he's running. He does that for show to make it look like he's working harder than he really is. <laughs> you know, he was a circus acrobat. Well, he's definitely doing this for show. Um, well, he's a showman from way back. <laughs> uh, so. Batman uh, and Robin bust in. The assistant is trying to make a getaway. Right. So, by pushing a secret button. Yeah. A yeah. secret button on the hotel, in the hotel room where they're staying? Well, cle- no, it's a service elevator, which I guess is inside their room. Mm-hmm. In the, well, it's a, let's back up. It's a deluxe Midtown hotel. Okay. So certainly there's a service elevator in every room. I kitchen. see. Of course. Yes. Um, so Robin, uh, I like this trick. He grabs the guy's tie. And pulls him down to punch him. Pulls him down and punches his chin. That's a nice little uh, trick he's done. I'm going to remember that in case I ever get mugged by someone wearing a necktie. <laughs> Pull on the tie and then punch him? Yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of muggers wearing neckties these days. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the 1940s. Right. Ties and hats. Um, No, this is the 60s. No, I mean, when you say these days, I just assume now. Right. Yes. (laughs) Because all the businessmen are out of a job. Yeah. Um, So, Mr. Esper, what? Just this thing, page 12. Uh, Mr. Esper, a a gun suddenly appears in his hand. Uh Uh-huh. As if it leapt there. One chance Batman has, which is to grab a deck of cards and flick them in Mr. Esper's face. Now, we already know that Batman can kick a gun out of someone's hands because he's done it already. Yes. Instead, he turns with that angry look on his face and grabs a deck of cards and goes... Now, it would be dangerous if he were Gambit. From, from the, the X Men, yes, but he's not. It's just cards. Listen, you're the one that thinks Batman has supernatural powers. No, I don't. Well, I think he has very. He's super strong, but not like super, but like superpower strong, just really strong and fit. Well, guess who else is super strong and fit? Mister Esper. Oh, is strong he strong like a trained athlete? Batman thinks hard yeah. as nails. Mm-hmm. But then again, so am I. I like the card trick. I'm going to remember that, too, in case I ever get mugged. <laughs> and I'm always going to carry a deck of cards. You know I have my grandmother's souvenir card collection from all 50 states. You do? Well, I'm working on it. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to recreate it. Yeah, I always try to buy you a new deck if I go to some place. You do? Mm. When are you going to give them if to I remember, me? If I remember, I've, I've caught you card decks over the years. Yes. Well, we need to get busy on that. Time's running out. I'll say what this pandemic and whatnot. So the crime pair now is being booked at police headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, but Batman has not told Robin how he got on Mr. Esper's trail. Mm-mm. Here comes the reveal. 
well, Batman's now just going to explain everything we already told you. Man, explain it. Wrote down the exact amount that Mr. Esper had stolen from the bank, which made Esper stumble in his response, and that was the clue I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, up to that point, he had answered every question with mechanical precision. I could see he was jarred. Right. Still later, after investigation has disclosed the full startling truth, and Batman explains, and we found this metallic megaphone equipped with a special amplifying device among Esper's equipment. Commissioner, it seems his mind-reading act led him into research in secret methods of communication. Look at Commissioner Gordon's face when he's being explained to. (laughs) It's not a a patient face, it's this, Bob. No, it's like terrified or like just really stupid oh mind reading oh i prefer Uh-oh. to think of him as just being terrified um, butler will not stop i know i'm sorry he uh mr esper discovered that under certain circumstances it was possible to influence a person's mind by projecting supersonic whisper out of the range of human hearing repeated over and over again a supersonic whisper (laughs) yes although the person would not be consciously aware the message it would Enter the subconscious part of his brain and affect his thoughts and actions, especially if he were eager to accept the message as my crime-hunting mind was. <laughs> so, to recap, yes. Mr. Esper invented a foolproof way to influence people's minds subconsciously. With a secret whisper. And instead of selling this technology to the government... Yes. Or perhaps integrating it with the lexophone mm-hmm. so you could control people's minds at a distance. Yes. Good thing. He decided Bob. to rob the movie theater downtown. Right. Well, he did rob the bank and gained over a million dollars. I mean, I, at this point in the 1960s, yes. a million dollars could, could set you up for life. Yes, you know what you else had, you could set you up for life? Selling this technology to the government <laughs> for more than a million dollars. Yeah. It's clear now, prior to the bank robbery, Esper was on the roof directing his supersonic amplifier at me as the Batmobile went by. Go to Bridge Plaza. There is a crime at Bridge, Bridge Plaza. Go to Bridge Plaza. There is a crime at Bridge Plaza. Go, go, go. I'm, I'll be right back. I have to go to Bridge Plaza. <laughs> uh, later... As two crime fighters enjoy a well-earned change of pace. Now listen. Yes? These fellas are exercising all night long, leaping out of cars and sliding across car roofs. And fighting and whatnot. Kicking and punching and pulling people by neckties. Why do they need to play tennis in the middle of the day? Who knows? What about Robin's studies? I'm sure Robin does very well. I don't know. I think Think he's an average student Think of all the things that they learned. No, they, they, he, Robin helps on the investigations. Yes, Robin helps but, on the scientific experiments. Yes, yes, but he's going to have to act stupider in school so he doesn't give away his secret identity. Like Linda Lee? Yes. Mm. Like Clark Kent in Superman the movie, and Clark Kent had to be the towel boy for the football team because yeah. he would have been better than everyone else. Right, and then he kicks the, the football off into, into space. Into space. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sad for Clark Kent now. Me too. But he's not in this... Comic. Way to bring the room down, Bob. Sorry. Um, so, what strikes me, Bruce, this Esper had real talent. His discovery of supersonic communication. Thank you, Robin. I suppose at first he thought of using it in his nightclub act? Yes. Instead of selling it to the government, I'm going to use it in my nightclub, my nightclub act. act where at the Black Cat. Earn maybe a couple hundred dollars a night if I, at, about, at best. Right. Yeah. <sighs> But no, he decided to use it in his crime act, which is not funny. It's not a joke. But Robin says, hey, I'm the one that's supposed to make with the gags, remember? And then, in my mind, it ended with a, with a musical play out and the audience going, Yeah, right? And I'm surprised they didn't wink. Break the fourth wall. We have this nice two-page pinup of Batman and Robin. It's a very often reprinted. Best bet wishes, Batman and Robin. Um, I've seen it often reprinted without that written on it. Um, It's by Carmine Infantino. Reader, 
If you're familiar with comics of this era, you'll recognize it. Robin's crouched on the rooftop with Batman behind him, and Batman's got his cape pulled up over his face. It's a very popular image. I'll put it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I believe they actually made an Aurora model kit of this oh, scene. Did they? I think so. Hmm. Um, That's one. I don't know. I'll have to uh, check out Aurora models on eBay, and I, maybe I can start collecting those next. You'll have to build another shelf. Uh, you noticed that I looked right over to the uh-huh. shelf to find out if there's any space. Yes. We'll make space. Maybe you can get rid of some of your things. <laughs> Wait, I'll count them. One, two. Yes, I can probably get rid of the two action figures that I have on the shelf, and you can have room for two more. Well, that'll make just enough room for an Aurora model kit of Batman and Robin. Hey! Oh, I do have... Um, uh, the El Camino car with um, El, Dorado El Dorado riding in the Super back. Yeah. El yes. Dorado in an El Camino. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a cool. nice gag. I love it. Uh, are you ready to head over to Monte Carlo? I sure am. Uh, well, hang on one second because I got to play the Elongated Man song. Okay. Elongated Man Universally beloved, not hated man His heroic destiny was fated man He's the elongated man Ralph Dibney was a circus fan Especially of the India rubber man When he drank gingled like they all did He became elongated Elongated man Universally beloved, not hated man His heroic destiny was fated man He's the elongated man He's the ductile detective, the stretchable sleuth Got a nose for trouble and that's the truth Goes all over the world with his wife Sue They solve mysteries and have fun too Elongated man Universally beloved, not hated man His heroic destiny is fated man He's the elongated man He's the elongated man He's the elongated man I'm not proud of much in my life But? But I'm very proud of the elongated man song Did you make that song? Yes Cool You didn't know that? I don't remember it. Of course, we're recording right now, and we're in pre-production, so I haven't heard yes. the song in a long time. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Well, you're going to have to trust me. It's essentially the greatest accomplishment of my life. I'm so proud of you. You're a very smart man. You have many talents. Yes, chief among them, writing uh, quick knockoffs of 60s superhero theme songs. That's totally fine. Probably fine. Um, the elongated man in Monte Carlo, the counter of Monte Carlo. Uh, Monte Carlo is glamorous casino. It's breathtaking view of the sea. It's palaces. Yes, but what guidebooks don't mention is something the elongated man and his wife Sue, Sue. met on their visit to this Mediterranean mecca, namely danger, intrigue, and a fantastic adventure. Well, what else would you expect with the elongated man? Mm-hmm. Um, he can elongate. And he's rich. So that's what I thought was adventure to me. Pretty interesting is like even when he elongates, yep. he's very strong. Right. You know? I, we're going to talk about that. Okay, good. Because I think you're probably thinking about the same panel I saw where he picks up someone while he's stretched around yeah, the side of the building. Yeah. Um, anyway. Right. Touring so, Europe, Mr. and Mrs. Ralph Dibney, Dibney include a world famous resort in their itinerary. Did they draw this with an axe? No. It is a very stark... Who did the art? Carmine Infantino. It's very dark. It's very thick ink work, which is not indicative of his style in my mind. Um, And there's no inker credited. So I don't know. Maybe he was just experimenting with different kind of a style yeah just yeah, it's heavy ink work that's how it looked like it was drawn with an axe it looked like he just took an axe and dipped it in, in ink and just you know whoosh, whoosh, hacked away at mm-hmm. it. yeah so touring europe mr and mrs ralph dibney include a world famous resort in their itinerary 
Monte Carlo, Sue says. If only Aunt Deborah could see me now. Keep track, listener. There are going to be a lot of people mentioned. Darling, I'm so glad I married you. So that first one was Aunt Deborah. Right. Um, Sure. Marry me and see the world. Sue's got a guidebook out, and she's got everything circled that's a must-see here. Uh, The casino and the princely palaces. She votes for the casino, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Off they go, and they're gonna they're gonna say go go. Actually, well, we go go. Yeah, that looks like it was slipped in after the fact, though, right? That hyphen go Uh, to keep with the theme of the issue, maybe. I guess. Is there a pterodactyl? Where? Speaking of of just weirdness, look at the pterodactyls flying all around them. Um. Are those seagulls? I think those are either seagulls or some kind of exotic Mediterranean bird. Because they're like seagulls? Yes. Kind of, but they have really long tail feathers Yeah, and large wings. I'm just going to say they're pterodactyls. What are those other things? Pelicans. Uh, you and I lived in Florida. You know what pelicans look like. These are not pelicans. Um, so maybe they are pterodactyls. Because, as we know, there is an island in the DC universe where dinosaurs still survive. Right. They could be albatrosses. That's what I'm thinking. Albatross. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the famous albatross of Monte Carlo. Of Monte Carlo. Um, soon, at a roulette table, Sue is winning. If only Aunt Deborah could see her now. <laughs> That's the second mention of Aunt Deborah. Um, of course, like any woman who wins something, she's overexcited <laughs> and reaches for her winnings. Um, That's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's never won anything in her life, and she's just so excited. So she knocks over the stack of chips, of course, as we learn in a minute. Uh, chips in Monte Carlo are called counters. counters. And they're those kind of paddle things, shaped things. Right. That, Right, like uh, like James Bond Casino Royale. Right, they look right. like dominoes, or and something. That you you do purchase them at the the uh, casino, and they are, they can be cashed in or traded for money at the casino. They're only good for that establishment. Right. Yes. So just like a poker chip, it's important to establish that now because right. it will come back in a minute. Um. So Ralph is jealous, of course, because he is a husband in the '60s, and he's uh, worried about that man that she was talking to. Right. Meanwhile, uh, man, the man in question approaches the table with a gun and holds everybody up. Mm-hmm. So uh, he steals all of the counters. Yes, <clears throat> indeed. Including Sue's, who he was just chatting politely with. Mm-hmm. Warns everyone not to try to follow him. But who do you think is going to ignore that advice? Well, of course, the elongated man. Who? L'homme étendu. L'homme étendu, because they're speaking French. Mm-hmm. Uh, and naturally, we all know that he's called l'homme étendu in French-speaking countries because we read the previously published Peril in Paris. Mm-hmm. I, we actually didn't on this program, but... Oh, okay. <clears throat> I just assumed that we had and I had forgotten. No. Okay. Uh, trust me, I remember every second of every elongated man story. <laughs> these are good, actually. I do, I do I enjoy do them. like these yeah. a lot. Uh he races around the corner to catch the crook with no leverage whatsoever, snatches him by his shirt collar and pulls him back towards him. So this did bother you a little bit, yes? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. The idea that he had no leverage, that he was just stretching his arm and grabbed right. and then lifted the man. He should have stretched out his leg to get a little, to brace himself a little bit. But the next moment, the man has slipped out of his jacket and took off. And yeah. Ralph's just standing there holding his jacket. Yeah, Uh which also bothered me because in Ralph's first appearance, he is shown as being able to stretch as fast as the Flash can run. Oh. Which obviously is not the case here. Yeah, I thought it was weird that he lost sight of the... um, Especially because you see in the previous page, page three of this story, Yes, you see him, he's got the uh, the, the thief by the collar mm-hmm. of the jacket mm-hmm. he's hauling him up in the air and he can clearly see him right from he's in his line of sight then we turn the page and all of a sudden the thief is gone 
What happened? Well, I don't know. And why didn't Ralph just stretch his neck up into the sky and get a bird's eye view? Right. Well, because the, then we would end the story on page three. We wouldn't have many more delightful pages to go. True that. Featuring Sue's fashion. Um, so Ralph says that he may be able to track down the thief using the gla- the the jacket. Okay. Um, he's offering his services to the casino management, and they want nothing to do with it. They want right. no publicity. It's against their policy. Because they don't want people to know that they were robbed. Right. Yes. Um. But don't worry, because if he enters the casino again, he'll be arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, and the casino will bear the loss. And this is your important point. Ralph says, what loss are you experiencing? Because these chips or counters are ID'd to this casino. He can't cash them in anywhere else. Right. So he has just stolen the counters, yep. but he hasn't stolen the cash. Right. It's just—it's basically like st- stealing a, a check that he can't cash, right? You know, so, idiot. And and the only way that he can get his money <laughs> is if he steps back into the ca- casino or sends someone else to step into the back, back into the casino, yeah. to cash those counters. And certainly they've—they're able to ID each individual counter. Something's Somehow. fishy about this, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So Ralph and Sue walking down the street. Ralph's still in costume, of course, because he's the only superhero whose identity is public knowledge. Interesting choice there with the writers. Uh, so, I mean, not not for this particular issue, but right. the fact that he is right. known as the elongated man. Um, <clears throat> so they're walking down the street, and Sue gets nudged by a passerby. Classic pickpocket. Classic move. pickpocket. I knew exactly what was going on there. She should have one of those pouches that she wears inside her clothes. Oh, God, those Money belt. Right? There's so, they make you itch so bad, and they're so hot and sweaty. But we've not lost our passports. No, we haven't. Um, This is as bad as a New York subway, Sue says, except everybody smells like (laughs) B.O. No, that's an editorial insertion. I just put that in. Um, Ralph just can't figure why anybody would take such a risk to steal those counters because they're only good in that one casino. Right. And then why only steal the ones that were at our table? Yes. This is where Sue reveals that he didn't get all of them. She said, after I won, I dropped one in my pocket to keep as souvenir for Aunt Deborah." Okay, so you know what? What? This is the third <clears throat> or fourth time that Aunt deborah has been mentioned. Mm-hmm. I was reading this yesterday in the car. Yes. And I might have been a little sleepy when I was reading it. And so I just kept thinking, why does she keep mentioning all these women that I don't know? It was the same woman. It's the, exactly yeah. the same woman. So she goes, she says, so I, ca- I dropped one in my pocket to keep as a souvenir for Aunt Deborah. Here. Oh, it's gone. That's odd. I don't know where I put it. And he said, gone? The missing clue I needed. And then, of course, his nose. Yep. So as you know, longtime readers, Ralph's nose twitches when he smells a mystery. It's a telltale sign that the elongated man is on a hot case. Um, so off he goes. Uh, leaving Sue by herself. Leaving Sue by herself. That's all right. She's capable. She's of, absolutely fine. Just don't send her to the roulette table. Um, so he noticed that the man that bumped into her had made a quick motion. But uh, now he realizes it was a pickpocket and he's off to uh, find the guy. Right. With 50-yard strides of his mighty, stretchy bug legs. <laughs> he finally sees him going into uh, one of the princely palaces mentioned in the guidebook. Where? Where is it? Okay, I see it. Okay. It's the guy from the casino, the bald man that did all the stealing, and this pickpocket is delivering the counter that he stole from Sue. Right. Um, the elongated man enters from the upper balcony, surprising them. They start firing their guns, and so naturally, he just lowers his head down to the main level and swings it like a pendulum. That's weird. Yeah. He could have done a lot of things. Swinging your head like a pendulum back and forth so that you don't get shot. Is it, I mean, what, he, he might get shot. Well, he's there are three guys aware of that risk, but also if he gets shot, isn't the bullet just going to go into his rubber skin and bounce out? Potentially, 
Right? Right. I mean, will it rip through him? Well, I don't think so because certainly his bones must also be rubbery, so it's not going to penetrate a bone. Hmm. might give him a brain contusion or something, but... I don't know, Bob. Certainly I would think that even his brain can stretch. Sure, and he could just basically capture all the bullets. I mean, we've seen him just protrude his eyeball out from his skull and... Ew, did we? Make his... Yeah. Ew. Um, so, anyway, these guys have to reload sometime, and... And Ralph's so, instead of wrapping them all up with his arms and just capturing them, nope. He does the weirdest thing. This made me laugh out loud, but I saw it yesterday because I thought, oh, that's really, really odd. Right. He... Well, let's remember, he's a circus performer, so he's oh, a showman. yes, okay. Um... So he stretches his body into uh, the form of a bow and arrow. Mm -hmm. Now, unlike Plastic Man, who could actually just make change his shape, Ralph has to do this gymnastic configuration of his stretchy limbs to approximate the shape of of a bow and arrow with his outstretched fist being the arrow. Mm Mm-hmm. And his other arm being the string. All of this is to set up this gag of him <clears throat> shooting his own fist as in the form of an arrow. Aiming backwards, mind you, because his back is the bow. That's so weird. Um, it's but a lot of work with, for a punch. Well, they Don't had to think, fill up these four panels. <laughs> Don't you think it's a lot of work for one punch? It's a, quite a bit of work. Why didn't he just stand and face them and punch them? Right. He probably could have hit more than one if he just stretched his arm and flung it around like a absolutely tether ball. Or made a scythe out of his hand. Just cut them all down. Well, no. I, unlike Plastic Man, he can't do that. Oh. He could make his hand look like a scythe, but it would still would just be rubbery flesh. Oh. Okay. All right. Which would be freaky, I guess, if you saw a scythe coming at you and then it hit you and just went... Well, of course, he uses his hair here on the next page. That's weird. I've never... So there's a story in the 70s from an issue of Super Friends Mm -hmm. where he's teamed up with the British heroine Godiva who can do all sorts of fancy things with her hair. And he, in that story, stretches his hair and uses it like a finger. And I always thought that was so ridiculous that whoever wrote Super Friends... Well, I don't say whoever because it was E. Nelson Birdwell... Um, just made that up out of whole cloth. But here we see a canonical use of a elongated man stretching his hair Mm-mm-mm. to confuse a criminal. What is it? He stretches his hair he stretches and then hair what, slaps the him in the face with it? Like, Not even slap. Bat, 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 or just tickles just like him? tickles him so he can't see. Ugh, I can't see. So he stretched his, he's twisted his body into a bow just to make a punch. Yes. To throw a punch yes. by launching it. And now he's elongated his hair across the room to tickle a man's face. Yes. Well, he's just playing with them. He is. He's showing off. He could have stretched his head over there and just smacked him, head-butted him. Or poked his nose at him and knocked him over. Yes, or any number of bodily appendages could have stretched over there. And well, like, you mean a toe? As in the bottom panel? <laughs> yes. In the bottom, when a toe telescopes out from the malleable marvel... Uh, it tripped him. Again, why not all your toes? Why just the one? I don't know. That's incredible control. Yes, it's incredible control. So why did the crook get away in the, originally in, earlier in the story? What do you mean? When oh, he right, captured right, him, right, but he captured him. Yeah, I don't... Look at all the things he can do. And again, you can't move your hair if you're a normal person. You can't independently move your hair. How does he... Hair isn't prehensile. No, how can he just move his hair? I don't know. I don't... I don't get it. He must have some kind of uh, telekinesis. And why do those seagulls not look like real seagulls? Because they're albatry. (laughs) Um, Anyway, this bothers me too. The head of the criminal gang is escaping, so Ralph, with one hand, grabs him by the... Jacket collar. Lifts him up into the air. Lifts off the him up into the air. Stretches his other arm with a gun around to the front of the criminal mm-hmm. to point the gun at his face. 
Why not just turn the criminal around and then you have the gun? Uh, they're probably going for visuals here. Well, like the obviously. hair and the, yeah. But Carmine Infetch knows a good artist. He could have made it dynamic without all these contortions. Could have. Maybe he was more concerned about being really heavy with the ink. There's a lot of black. There's Quite a lot of shadowing. There's a lot of shadowing yeah. in this, Bob. Look. Just look I, at this page. I, I, I can see it. Yeah. Like it's, his it's brush like a, was too big or something. It's crazy. It's just, it's so heavy, you know? Yeah. I can't think of another word to describe it. Just heavy fits. Yeah. Like, look at the blackjack table or whatever it is, the roulette table, wherever they are. Uh-huh. It's just all, it's like playing on tarmac. Well, maybe that's what they make roulette tables out of in France. I don't seen, know. I don't know. I wonder whenever you see you ever see movies of, of Monte Carlo, everything's beautiful and lush and colorful. Yes. Not all this dark black, you know, heavy inking. Just looks like it's underexposed or something. Well, the term is overexposed. Overexposed. It's I a very to, stylish. I used to work in a photo lab. It was my first yes, job. That was your first job as a photo. You were a third key, weren't you? Uh, I was manager of the lab, if you please. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, the guy surrenders later during a flaming Riviera sunset. They found the disguise that the man had used at the casino. Mm-hmm. The goatee, the mustache, and the dark glasses. This the was palace, Sue. Yes, it was all a clever spy ring, and the leader was the man they called the patron. Okay. Uh Wearing his disguise, the patron came to the casino to receive certain valuable information on microfilm, which was hidden inside a casino counter. I knew it was going to be something like that. You did? Before you read this, you knew it was going to be something like that, really? Well, no, after I read it. Then I knew that it was going to be something like that, (laughs) now that I'm reading it for the second time. Uh, The croupier... Who's the person who runs the table? Right. Uh, was part of the ring, but when he tried to pass the counter to the patron at the table today, that's when clumsy Sue, in her excitement, knocked into the guy and accidentally got just... As she says, I'm so sorry. I'm just so excited. And she got, of course, the one counter that had the microphone in it. Yeah. So, in the confusion caused by her excitement, you see, you got the counter intended for the patron, the one with the microphone in it. But he wasn't sure of that until he left the table and checked all the counters. So that's why he came back to rob right. the table. That happened very quickly, too. Not knowing that the counter he needed was in Sue's pocket for Aunt Deborah. Wait, is she mentioned again? Yes. Just Where? wait till I tell Aunt Deborah about all oh, this. Oh, I feel so silly now because, like I said, when I was reading this yesterday, I thought... I was very tired. We we drove back from Ohio yesterday. Yes. I slept so much in the car. It was wonderful. I did too. Ah! Oh! Now, I drove on the way over there. Yes. Uh, the whole time. Um, and you didn't sleep. But I slept a lot yesterday. You okay. sure did. Yeah. It was wonderful. Anyway, vive l'homme étendu. <laughs> As they vive, drive down. Vive the... l'homme étendu. Vive. Say it again. Vive l'homme étendu. L'homme étendu. L'homme étendu. Yeah. Bravo. Hurrah. Uh, as Sue drives away with Ralph bowing, doing a stretch bow. What do we call that? A stand and bow. What? <laughs> a standing and bowing? A stretch bow? What? Well, he's going to blow... Think Robin has problems with the Batman bill. Right. He's going to just be flung out. Or, or what if she goes, drives under a bridge? Right. <laughs> right? I just have a picture of him like hooking his feet under the dashboard and then just his rubber body flailing (laughs) along the street behind. Anyway, the end. Um, You can find us on social media at GoGoCheckPod. You can find Dr. Husband's new podcast, Liberally Speaking, on Apple Apple Podcasts Podcasts or wherever. Or wherever. Yeah. Um, It's interesting. It's all about liberal arts. And interesting people. Interesting people. Mm Mm-hmm. Excellent conversation. It's a it's kind of NPR-ish, if you're into that. Yes, I'm working on the next episode right now. It's a lot of work. I had no idea. Oh, I know. Tell me about it. I mean, like, we editing a conversation. Like, yeah. we, we, you and I just do this freeform. We've been, sure, doing, sure, we've been sure. doing it for years now. It's really simple. And, and we, we don't care if somebody gets bored. They could just fast forward. <laughs> 
But it's different when you're doing something that's supposed to be academic or right. intellectual or interesting. Like, like on, a, on an intellectual level, you have to take your time. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Rate Thanks. and review it. Yeah. And rate and review me while you're at it. Uh, we'll be back next week with some science fiction. Yeah, all the... Until then, bye! Bye! It's time to live all